0: Amanda says to my family <clears throat> freedom I wish you would see and experience the freedom that I get to experience in life Growing up in a super judgmental atmosphere stunted my growth as a person If we truly experience grace as a Christian why is it so hard to give that grace yeah. I've seen for true yeah I've seen firsthand when people are hurting or struggling in an IFB church people gossip tear them apart and drive them away Sadly, I've seen that behavior come from the leadership Mm -hmm. of the church. How is that loving others? How is that being the example that Christ wants us to be? By breaking away from the IFB, I've learned to love people where they are. It shouldn't matter what they have done. It's not my place to judge, but I can show grace. I can show kindness. I can show Christ. For so many years, I heard sermons about standards. They seem to be a large focus. It felt as though we were supposed to fit into a specific mold as a Christian. We needed to dress the same, look the same, live the same. The home was supposed to look a specific way. Now that I'm older, I see how that idea is so far from the truth. Mm -hmm. There are men in the Bible that had different individual relationships with God. None of them were the same. They were convictions that should be aligned, but not necessarily standards. It's okay for people to be individuals, it's okay for them to be doing things a little different just as long as it aligns with the Bible and not something that came from a man or idea on how a group of people should live life. I wish I didn't have to fear the condemnation because I choose to read a different translation of the Bible that I don't use the King James Version. I struggle with this decision far more than wearing pants, getting any of my tattoos, or drinking alcohol. I did not want to deviate from the Bible translation because for so long I was taught that it was the only truth. (laughs) This is great. Did you know that there were other English version translations before the King James Version? I didn't until I asked myself why. Why does the IFP only use the KJV? I couldn't recall anything in my past learning. There wasn't a clear path to why that was the only Bible translation that was used. I felt silly for holding on to that comfort because it was one of the last things that I did that was still good. I try to practice what I preach. I try to encourage my kids to be kind, caring, and to just teach them about Christ. I don't want to teach my ideas. I want to teach the truth about what the Bible actually says. Teaching them to study things out on their own and how to find answers. Not just take my word as a pastor's word. I want to give them an opportunity I wish I could have had years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have much to say on that, but just me personally, I'm not going <laughs> to, not everyone that follows and likes the podcast, we all believe exactly the same way, but I'm not here to condemn like her belief in the Bible or her belief in God. It's more understanding where she's coming from and, and understanding that, you know, it's, wise, it's so wild. I remember a time in my life when I went to Bruce Goddard for counseling and I remember being just... Thoroughly concerned about something that was very legalistic, and <laughs> to his credit, <laughs> Bruce was like, uh, "Don't worry about that." And that blew my mind because I was like, "This is that's all that's everything, legalism, and whether or not I listen to this music and watch those movies and wear these clothes. This is this is what it's all about." And when the rubber met the road in a counseling session with an actual IFB pastor who screams these standards mm-hmm. standards from the pulpit, he said. Don't worry about that And that that wasn't right when my awakening started But it was very near the beginning And that for me was a big eye-opener Again, not to give him additional credit But just to say, okay, well if that's actually not that big a deal Why in the world have you been screaming at me about it for And that all goes all the way
1: back to the hypocrisy thing Right,
0: exactly, know, exactly is, yeah. I, I want to make a comment about yeah.
2: the Bible translation yeah. issue Because I uh, was going to all those pastor schools when the, uh, I remember when the King James Version issue uh, became very relevant in the Independent Fundamental Baptist to the point that they, sublineal, I guess, if they didn't literally say it, convinced us that unless you heard from the King James Version when you were witnessing to somebody, that they could actually, they could not actually become a Christian or get saved, as they call it. And, you know, that was a worry. I wonder how many of us have worried ourselves, sick over that kind of stuff. What happened to me was after all these many years of being in the ministry, I was suddenly no longer in the ministry. I, w- I was named assistant pastor, but I really wasn't at that active. I had to work several jobs, and I was a nighttime janitor after working all day. And I was doing cleaning a school building and i wanted to pass the time by listening to christian radio well it it was back-to-back preachers of all different denominations and i I remember after six weeks of listening to these guys on the radio and only one of them used the king james version and when i came i remember coming to the conclusion that all of them knew god pretty well as a matter of fact i fell in love with a couple of them i and they weren't the King James guys. There were a couple. I came to the realization that we were misled. Totally misled. There's a lot of that we don't about this King James Version thing. It's it's a version, okay? And it's archaic language. And it doesn't all mean the same. Is if you use that every word thing, you're gonna really confuse a lot of people. So I don't I could go further with that. If you if you take the time to listen to Bob Utley. On, on the Bible. Uh, he, has many, he has many YouTubes. Pastor in Lubbock, uh, Texas. Very helpful man. And not to be denied for what he has to say. That's
1: Definitely all not a Baptist. No. <laughs> um, I would say to you that I commend you for your freedom and growth. That's remarkable. Yeah. I don't know how old you are, how old your kids are, how long you've been out. But your depth of accomplishment is really huge, and you've opened, from my perspective, you've opened the greatest opportunity that you ever could have for your own children by teaching them to think for themselves. That's uh, probably the number one thing that fundamentalism aims to take away from everyone is your ability to think for yourself, and the fact that your self worth. Yeah, it's all tied together. Mm -hmm. If you can't think for yourself, you don't have any self-worth because all your thoughts came from somebody else. Exactly. So, good on you, girl. All
0: right, Nicole says, honestly, the biggest thing is the fact that I have to tiptoe around the fact that I drink alcohol. There are so many holidays that me and my colorful siblings have to pretend like we don't drink when everyone knows we do. Tiptoeing around my parents and sister because they associate alcohol with evil or whatever they think. It's so frustrating because years of conditioning has me thinking that there's something wrong with me. When the reality is, I like wine and whiskey and whatever. It's so annoying that we can't enjoy Christmas with a bottle of wine like normal people do. Instead, we have to pretend because some old guy told them to believe it was wrong, even though Jesus himself drank You're wine. not going
2: to take that out of the... Uh, <laughs> it, uh, the... Middle Eastern culture—it it was yeah. totally in there. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. take it out. Well, they like—I mean, well, the well, I
1: they it. Dismiss, well, dismiss it, but you know. Well, they
0: great. like to say it's new wine, and they like to classify that as grape juice, but that's not what it says. It doesn't. No. It says wine. <laughs> remember that wedding? I wish I'd have been yeah. there. Yeah,
2: got turned all that. Uh, <laughs> I wish
1: the, wine. the IFB leadership had been there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> had some of the wine that came out at the end of exactly. the Exactly.
2: <laughs> all
0: right. Exactly. <laughs> Did you have anything? I'm not putting you on the spot, uh, but it's okay if you don't. Yeah,
1: I don't know your journey, Nicole, but um, I would just say that one of my children claims that alcohol is a very good social lubricant. And I think um, in the case of your Christmas parties with your family, it probably would do a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> yeah. uh, our kids were drinking before, before we let that go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I remember being just f- a funny story. One of one of our, the last of our children to really be able to walk away from legalism and, and fundamentalism was on a trip with us, and we were, uh, we'd gone to the Grand Canyon by train, and oh, yes. so the deal was you, it was a package deal, you ride the train up to the Grand Canyon, you spend the day up there looking around, and then you ride the train back. And uh, on the way home, you have a celebration because you got to the Grand yeah. Canyon, and so, on train. They, yeah. So they um, they they serve champagne on the way back, and so and then the guy said, "Or oh, sparking cider if you like that better," you know. So that child of ours that wasn't quite is it young. Andrew? Yeah, then <laughs> just he doesn't care. Yeah. Okay, it was me and Andrew have gotten so,
2: <laughs> flustered on this
1: podcast. So Andrew is is with us, and he's still not. You know, well so he like remember let
2: his dad is there too yeah right, well yeah.
1: but you know we had talked we had talked about it you know so yeah. anyway the the guy comes along with the champagne flutes and the champagne and uh Andrew's up at the front of the observation car and really we were on that car it was a lady and her little boy and Andrew and me and and yeah, your dad so that's slow, a, we were the only ones in that whole day, observation yeah. so and Andrew was up at the front of the car with that near that lady and that kid and um So, the guy comes along, and he's up at the front serving Andrew, and and I said to Max, I said, I could have champagne if I wanted it. (laughs) And he said, yeah, you could. (laughs) And I said, no, I I don't think. You know, I was worried about Andrew. I said, no, I better not. So, the guy got to our seats, and he goes, I would like one sparkling cider and one champagne. (laughs) Good for him. I was like okay so you were so, worried about being the so, right
0: example and andrew was just like i'm gonna have some-
1: no no oh. no he I said, 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 oh, that he, said he said <laughs> he ordered he told the guy one sparkling cider and That's one awesome. champagne and i so i got it and i'm thinking <laughs> about this you know because because i really grew up in a teetotaler's house yeah even before we had yeah. fundamentalism you know there was never alcohol right. in the house and I'd never seen my par- my grandparents on my mother's side. They were French, so, you know, yeah. we saw some drinking there. But, no, I never saw anybody drunk. I never saw any fights, yeah. you know. And I was really had no idea what effect alcohol would have on me, except that I've been told that if I took one drunk, I'd become an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if I have one drink, I'm going gonna, gonna to mm-hmm. make alcoholic on me. So, I'm thinking about all that, you know. <laughs> yeah, know that's <laughs> a champagne, lot. And I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about the fact that Andrew was right up there at the front of the car. Right. He's still, you know... So Anyway I drank it I drank most of it I think I was scared you know that oh, I was yeah. going to get drunk on this one yeah. Flute of champagne Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's a thing. But
1: anyway You know all that to say It, you, it would just chill The whole situation it out does. for you it If does. your parents could Handle that yeah. Maybe y'all should all go get a drink somewhere Before you all go over there To their house just one, Show up happy so, It was a
2: great day when I realized that there, I'm not in trouble with God for drinking alcohol and yeah. uh, it's something, I, I'm a regular wine drinker uh, every evening basically, it's rare if I don't and I understand that you can abuse it and uh, like anything else, yep. you know, there's yep. a lot of abuse out there in like a lot religion. of areas but, like food
1: yeah, but, yeah. Uh,
2: and you know I have a lot of Baptist friends that you know chug down the NyQuil <laughs> and uh, I'd I prefer, prefer wine. Yeah. <laughs> it might be better for you. And we're not it drinking in alcohol in different yes. than <laughs> not well, anyway. I don't. Yeah, I don't even want to argue with them. Yeah,
1: I but, think uh, I think there are definite health benefits to wine, particularly. Yeah. And how many of our ancestors used whiskey to help them kick an infection oh, and yeah. get over? I still do, you know. Well, <laughs>
2: that um, would be really well.
0: Off about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did want to say a couple things on the alcohol. I definitely that definitely resonated with me the whole you're going to drink. You know, you have one drop of liquor, and I think that's actually a, a very. I mean, everyone used it. But I feel like that's a Jack that originated with Jack. Oh yeah, Daniels, was, but oh, he, had, he had a story. Yeah you know. one one drop of alcohol makes you an alcoholic, which is not the case, and you can quit. I <laughs> have started and quit, got heavy and quit again. Like it's it's. It's, it depends on you as a person. It's not a... I'm not saying that there isn't...
1: I'm Addiction not saying, is a real thing I'm not
0: saying say. that there isn't alcoholism. I'm not throwing that out and saying, oh, it's not a disease. No, it's a real thing that people deal with. I'm not trying to make light of it. But from our perspective, the way many of us were raised, we were taught that that one drink and you're light... And it's not just you're an alcoholic. There's plenty of... I know plenty of alcoholics that function fine. They're happy. This is how they want to live their life. Good for you. That's fine. You're not getting DUIs. You're not putting other people's lives at risk. You're just risking your own liver. That's your call. Like, yeah. the, your health is your call. By the way, all the gluttony <laughs> that goes on right, in right. IFB churches don't get us started. We, we all know. But that's something that... The alcohol is a big thing um, because that's something that, you know, a lot of people... You know, some, some parents can be fine with the movies and the pants on girls and all that. But the alcohol, they just can't handle. And so... I think it is ridiculous, especially because it's called out in the Bible by their Savior. Not just that he drank it; he made it for other. And you think Jesus didn't drink any wine at the wedding? You're you're kidding yourself. Number one, number two, he he gave it to other. He served it. They didn't have it, and he gave it to them. That's an extra step. Anyways, uh, that's a whole other thing. But flasks come in really handy. The last time, the last time I was in an IFB church, and I won't call out names or anything. But I did get into it with a guy by the last name of Rogers. Um, But the last time I was in an IFB church, I had a flask with me. And uh, the last prayer, before, like they weren't, it wasn't a closing prayer, but it was the one before the closing prayer at the thing I was attending. I'm not going to say what it was I was at. I went went to the bathroom and finished off that flask. So flasks come in handy. I'm just going (laughs) to throw that out there. Um, Okay. Uh, Next, Janie says... I don't know how to describe my parents. We talk and visit once in a while, but I'm not super close with them. They are no longer a part of any church, but they still cling to certain toxic behaviors. And I'm glad, Janie, that you're calling that out because that's something that it sticks with you, a lot yeah, of people. it does. My siblings and I were never treated with common respect. We are their kids, so their mindset is that they can treat us the way they want. I will never feel like a 44-year-old adult around them. I'm still trying to process and heal from the emotional abuse throughout the years. I don't think it's as bad as it used to be, but the emotional abuse is still there. Dad is really good about showing his love, but my mom not so much. I don't have loving memories with her at all. It, was always, it has always been judgment, rules, and sternness. We've had funny moments, but that's as close to happy as it gets. I'm still trying to figure out who I am and how to be myself after being told for years what to say, how to act, etc. To this day, I'm afraid to 100% be myself around my parents. I'm emotionally scared of their reactions to certain things, and I don't know why I can't get past it. I wish they would learn to treat people with common respect. They seem to have this thinking that if people don't live the way they live, then it's a problem. Yeah. And that's that was everything from
1: Janie. Janie, I don't know you or your situation. I do have to think about our own, rearing our own children, and this is the funny guy. So, you know, I was, uh, all yeah. and he was gone most of the time. Yeah. So, you know, this is how our days went when they were little. You know, I had to teach school, plus cook meals, plus do the laundry, plus take care of the dog. A couple little things. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, by the time, and he's gone all day and then gone in the evening because we are pastoring a little church. And so every evening there's something that has to be done somewhere. And so. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally get them all in bed. Yeah. And I'm enjoying the peace and quiet, and he comes in the front door and he goes, where are the kids? They're a bad quiet, don't make any noise. He runs up the stairs and Almost. starts tickling them and waking them up to <laughs> tell them good night. So, so yeah, So, so I don't get know get if that, that plays <laughs> into your mom's sternness. I would say that some of that's probably from her own upbringing, possibly, things yeah. that things that she's judging herself for, and it just gets thrown over onto you you as well. But the biggest thing that I take away from what you've said, if you haven't already seriously considered therapy, I... Janie, done.
2: just a, one, one last word I want to uh, say to you, and that is uh, parents don't realize how important their opinion is to their children. Mm-hmm. They just don't realize, and I see that in your writing. I wish that they would express how much they appreciate and love you. I think probably down in their hearts they do, but the lack of saying it is so painful. Please don't let that um, keep you from being who you are. Like you say, you don't feel like you can be who you are when you're with them. Be who you are. Uh, That's where you'll be the happiest, and uh, you're very valuable, and uh, you're very important. That's all. Well said. Well said.
0: So the next person is anonymous, and they said, If I could have an open conversation with my parents, I would tell them how proud I am of the growth in my life and my siblings' lives. I would tell them that it would mean the world to me to hear that they are proud of us too, but I know why they feel like they can't say that. I would want them to know that I noticed the financial sacrifices they made to give us what we needed, and that being an adult has opened my eyes to that. I would tell them that I do drink and have experimented with some drugs and it doesn't make me feel shame. I would tell them that I enjoy having drinks with my friends and family. I would tell them that I am so happy in my relationship and I know that I made the right decision by living with my significant other before making the decision to get engaged or married. I would tell them that I'm happy and I don't feel that I need a religion or a relationship with a higher power to be happy. Maybe that will be something I seek in the future. But my life feels full without it right now. I would tell them that I hope they're genuinely happy too, and would love for us to be able to respect each other's choices no matter how different they may be. Um letter. Yes.
1: Hi. <laughs> um I am proud of you. I am so proud of you. I'm proud of the choices that you've been making since you've been allowed to make your own choices. And I only wish that your parents could see the wisdom that's gone into the choices that you've made and the kindness and the love that comes out of those decisions. Um, I wish I could say that I could see that your parents changing, and I I hope that they can, Um, at least enough to be able to acknowledge who you are as a person and what your life is really about and the importance of the choices that you've made for yourself it's difficult though not impossible for pastoral leadership to step down and and admit that they're wrong about so much of what they've taught their children and I think that's what a lot of the kids that have written in for this podcast deal with Mm -hmm. you know they're you have parents that They're are in a so they really are so deeply entrenched yeah. they have to throw away everything that they've believed they think that they believe and have taught you in order to have a relationship with you and and that's really not true I mean, it helps a lot yeah. but it's not you know if they really truly could comprehend unconditional love, they could. Maintain whatever they believe is right for them and allow you to maintain and be who you are and be happy for you as you're happy with the choices that you've made for yourself. And I think that uh, that's kind of on the bottom shelf there, you know, it yeah. kind of boils it down yeah. for all of this, you know, is, mm-hmm. that, is, that, is that as fundamentalists. Parents, our minds were so brainwashed and so warped by um, IFB leadership that we can't let go of those things and accept our children as they are. But I'm thankful that I'm thankful that's not been the case for us, and I would hope that for all of the kids that have written in over this that that could be that way. I
2: want to make a comment, and that is PK kids. That's yes. such a tough place to have to live. It's so hard. <laughs> and just let me say this to you, because you know I've had to grow past a lot of things that I thought were I was very dogmatic about for many years. But we have made God so little in our teaching because you mentioned you've you've uh, had been drinking some alcohol, experienced with drugs. Well, you know we unfortunately we were taught that you know this was. Of course, you can't be right with God. God's gonna could kill you. Definitely gonna judge you. Boy, we didn't know how big God was. We didn't know how much He loved us, and we didn't understand that these things are not what He's really upset about. Yeah, (laughs) these aren't the things that God is grieved over. He's grieved over our rules and regulations and lack of just loving people where they are. And so we hear you. Your life is obviously better than it's ever been, and it sounds like a beautiful life and be proud of it and, and know you're valuable. Okay.
1: Just going to add one thing to that, and that is that I love how much you wish genuine happiness for your parents. Yes, and I your siblings. That's, yes, I think that speaks highly of who you are as a person.
2: Yeah,
0: agreed. Okay, Lauren says, Dear church mom, the kids are all right. I'm taking the good things I've learned and using them and getting rid of the harmful stuff. They aren't going to hell because they aren't being raised Baptist. No parent is perfect. By admitting I didn't have a perfect childhood, that doesn't mean I hate you. I'm just pointing out there are things I do not want to repeat with my children. But by not admitting to any fault makes me feel like I made things up in my head, and I will be gaslit no longer. My feelings are valid. Dismissing them isn't healthy, no matter what the pastor says. I will always love you, but love is not blindly falling in line. My relationships are not predicated on your pastor's approval. I am happy, safe, and loved. Without a church, pastor, or religion guilting me into doing things to be worthy Mm. of love. And so So are you.
2: That's very well stated. I want to just right away say that uh, the churches, we've failed as churches, and most of us, not all of us, but most of our churches have failed. And that we've tried to make a life for people which all we should have done was teach them what was the, the values that's of true. the word of God and let them live their whole lives instead we've tried to run every every aspect mm-hmm. of their life and that's the more the longer I get away from all that teaching that toxic environment the more I see that you can have a relationship with God and of course this would have here comes the piano grand piano <laughs> without going to church yeah. And church can foul a person Ooh, up so dolly. bad. You know, it just is, it's just—it's—it's a shame what churches do to yeah. good, sincere people looking for truth.
1: I have a lot of thoughts, Lauren. <laughs> I just think that um,
2: you're down the road pretty far. Isn't yeah,
1: there? I would agree, just, <laughs> and I—I I, an really think it's hilarious that you say your kids aren't going to hell because they aren't being raised Baptist. <laughs> because your yeah, parents where, probably wouldn't think that was funny, but I think yeah, that where was did funny. we
2: think we had a monopoly on eternity? I don't yeah. know yeah. where we ever got that.
1: Um I don't know where you're really at with your relationship with your parents. You know, if it's it it almost sounds like you don't really have much communication with them at all, but um I think you've got the essentials of parenting down really well. You know, I think um and I think I think that uh number 2 on your list, no parent is perfect by admitting I didn't have a perfect childhood doesn't mean I hate you. Just pointing out, there are things that I do not want to repeat with my own children, and you oh, know. Yeah. So, so one of the reasons parents, fundamental parents, can't get over this boundary that's between them and their children who don't accept everything that they believe is they can't admit they were wrong. Yeah. As a twelve-year-old, I remember my mother saying to me, "I, I said, but Mama, isn't this isn't that they say that that this is." bad and there was a bad name for it and she said well that's what they say but that's not what it really is and i said but what about everything you taught us to believe and she said i'm not sure that everything i taught you to believe was really the truth
2: oh wow yeah
1: and you know i think that if we could get fundamental parents to just take a step back and really truly use their god-given brains Mm -hmm. To look at things and say, you know what, that really doesn't make sense. Yeah. That really doesn't add up. All of their arguments for thus and so don't hold any water, Mm -hmm. you know. But they can't because if they let themselves use their logic and their brains, they have to admit they're wrong. Right. And... Part of fundamentalist teaching is you, we are not wrong, we are the only ones yeah. that are right. Well, yeah, and, the, and so you said a
0: monopoly on eternity, yeah. The common term is a monopoly yeah. on the truth, and that's what, mm-hmm. yeah, the IFC teaches true. you every yeah. even though we're not a cult, even though people say we're a cult, and the Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. and LDS, oh. the Mormons, the the, you know, um, I'm oh, trying to think of them two are or cults. three. Like, yeah. Those are all cults. Even the Catholic Church, sometimes Baptists will call it a cult, but it's yeah. it's the similarities are striking amongst religions. And mm-hmm. for one religion, and I'm not saying the other religions don't do it, but for one religion to call other religions false, while their traditionalism is strikingly similar and their flaws are even more similar,
2: it's ludicrous. I so, uh, so We're off uh, on a proper, uh, tangent. Uh, Jack the House the was a Baptist pope for a long you yeah, yes. oh, know yeah. oh, about
1: that yeah. yeah and i would say lauren that your very last comment is the most touching and that is that you say without a church pastor or religion guilting me into doing things to be worthy of love you are happy and safe and loved and so are you you say yes. to your parents and i think the fact that you can say that to them shows just how big your heart really is and how much you've grown in your freedom.
0: So this person is anonymous. Uh, She addresses um, uh, her entire family and appreciates the love and support she's received um, from some members of her family. And then she goes on to say, I'm a burlesque performer. I have had an abortion. I am a virtual sex worker. I am bisexual. I've been dating a woman for the last three and a half years. I love her very, very much. Out of all the people that I have dated in my life, she gives me the most peace. She has been the most kind and loving person that I have ever had a relationship with. Our communication and the overall health in our relationship is the greatest that I have ever known. I can't even tell you just how happy I am and how lucky I feel. I would like you to know, mom and dad especially, that me being a virtual sex worker and a burlesque performer does not reflect poorly on you as parents. I do not believe that my occupation is a bad thing. What I do is actually extremely healing and helpful for not only myself, but also for the people that I work with and perform for. After many years of healing from the circumstances and the situations that the IFB has put me in, I have come to love my own body, and I find this form of self-love to be both extremely powerful and empowering. I find my femininity to be overwhelmingly powerful. I enjoy exploring that part of myself. Being a woman is amazing. I used to think that I should be ashamed of being a woman, ashamed of my menstrual cycles, ashamed if I did not want to have children, and ashamed of not having a perfect body. There were so many things that I was taught to be shameful for as a woman, but women are human too. I want you to know that my naked body is a temple for me. I worship it, I appreciate it, I love it. I care for it in the ways that you taught me to take care of my temple for God, I actually take care of it for my own self. I find that caring for myself in this way brings me a lot of healing. I also want you to know that sex work and burlesque has helped me to grow into what I consider to be a better human. I'm kinder, I'm more understanding. I've met a much wider variety of people who come from so many different backgrounds and I've been able to help them with some of the problems in their lives, as well as learn important lessons from them. I just wouldn't have it any other way. As far as my sexuality, I want to say once more that who I am is in no way, shape, or form anyone's fault. Being gay is not wrong. I know that most of you know that I am queer, and I do identify as bisexual. You have told me that you love me, yet you hate my sin, Even though we're close, and I do know that you do love me, hearing your love for me framed in that way is very hurtful. I don't think that loving someone is a sin, no matter who it is. I don't like being made to feel that I or my girlfriend are simply being tolerated at any point in time. I would like to be like everyone else in the family. I would like to be able to bring home a significant other and not have any weirdness or strangeness Surrounding our visit I do commend you all for being so kind and sweet I thank you for making those gestures Over the last few years But I do know that there is still A little bit of resentment from some of you I feel like you want me to Come back and eventually marry a man Even though I am bisexual I would like for you to know That that's probably never going to happen I have found the person that I would like To spend the rest of my life with And she just so happens to be a woman I really want you all to know that I truly love her, and she loves me, and we love you. There is more that I could get into, but for now, I'll just say this. I love you, and I accept you for who you are. I really, really hope that one day you'll be able to look at me, see exactly who I am, and recognize that I am proud of who I am, as well as who I have become. I hope that you will truly love me wholly. Not wholly as in... (laughs) holy, 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 Lord God Almighty but holy as in W-H-O-L-O-Y yes Mm
1: -hmm. well this brings a lot I think it brings um, a lot to the table um, in this discussion particularly Um, I will say that when you all were children (laughs) a voice spoke to me one day and said what if one of your children came to you one day and told you they were gay what would you do? And I said, out loud, but no, nobody was around, I said, I would love them. They're my child. And uh, since then, I have learned many, many things that are not acceptable thoughts inside of fundamentalism. But I've, I have a very dear friend um, who I have learned much from because she had a 15-year-old son who committed suicide because he was mistreated for the choice he made. Mm. And I would just say to that, I don't believe that any child makes a choice that gets them threatened and mocked and bullied and harassed. That's not something any child chooses to do. Yeah, it would have to go through. Yes, and it, it woke my heart up to the fact that this child did not choose their sexual identity and that sounds a little off kilter from one side but what i mean is this child who expressed to his mother from the time that he was two that he was a girl did not make a choice at the age of two to be bullied and harassed and ultimately in his own life over his sexual identity And I may not have phrased all that quite right, but because I know you, I think that you can hear my heart in that. And I think even my very dear friend who lost her son, um, there's just pieces of that whole picture that I'm still learning. But I do know that, and I'm thankful that you have found a way to be yourself and to be who you really are in spite of the way you were raised. And without that uh, threat of taking your own life or feeling that you needed to just to escape um, the harsh judgment that I'm sure you felt not only from your family, but from many other people as well. Right. I'd like to have a talk with your mom myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, your letter. You know, that was a challenge to everything I was taught as a uh, independent fundamental Baptist. And... I'm ashamed of a lot of our attitudes towards so many types of people when I was uh, that I accepted back then you have challenged me because your letter is sincere I can see that your letter cries out for acceptance I see that you're very confident in who you are I see that Uh, how many people have we just X'd off because they didn't fit in the box according to this independent fundamental teaching and we've we've never learned from them we've never tried to understand them nor love them by the way but uh, i remember you and, and growing up and have great memories of you and i want you to know i still appreciate you and love you and you you you've challenged me you know you have and uh, but i'm for you a hundred percent okay almost said your name <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have one other thing to address that she brings to light, and that is this this love and tenderness that our families, that some parents have found a way to express toward their children who don't believe like they believe. And yet it feels so conditional because you know in the back of your mind and in your heart that that their biggest reason for loving you and accepting you is that, that hope that they can draw you back into the circle of the IFB and in their, in their way of thinking. Um, I think that I've talked with many in your generation who are wounded repeatedly by phrases like, Well, I'm praying for you. Yeah. And, we just love you so much. I hope you come to church on Sunday. <laughs> or, you know, it's it's Christmas. All, We'd love to have you come for, you know. Because it's all
0: conditional.
1: Yes, and that's the thing. Um, they really, it, when your mind is locked in the IFB mindset, you don't really understand unconditional love. Although they spout that out their mouth all the time they don't because, know what that really means because jesus
0: is a great example of unconditional love but they don't take jesus as a whole
1: they that's take true of jesus. but yeah. and they will actually say they will use i've heard them use the term unconditional love yeah, a lot. but it's it's dichotic and that's a whole other subject but i have had um young people say to me i wish they could just say i love you without yeah. You know, putting anything else after it. Yeah. And I wish they I wish that they could know what those phrases do, you know, like, Oh Lord willing <laughs> you know, yeah. like like God is gonna stop them from coming to visit me. Right. You know. <laughs> right. Um yeah. stuff like that. And there are, probably anyone listening to this could give me fifteen different phrases yeah. that um there's a word for those phrases. I can't think of what it is. But I can't it's uh you know, it's just those uh Pat statements you have
2: gone beyond anything you should have to do for your family yeah. mm-hmm. you have really reached out to them honestly mm-hmm. that's what you've yeah. done yeah. you deserve to be loved for who you are and I really mean that yeah. that's beautiful okay so we
0: got one one more Josh and he says I do like that we're ending with this one because this is and I've loved every you know statement that everyone's written so far I don't want anyone to feel like I'm trying to tout one above another or anything. I just like that this is the one we're ending with because this is a this is just a simple conversation that this person would like to have with mom and dad and because of all the legalism they can't even this person isn't even trying to approach whether or not they've still followed their biblical standards, their legalism, or whether or not they still believe the way they do, or read the same Bible or go to say they don't even who cares about any of that, really. Mm Really, They're just trying to say, hey, mom and dad, this is what's going on in my life. And they can't even get to that. As far as I understand, they can't even get to that place because all the legalism steps Mm -hmm. in ahead of that conversation and bars them from having that conversation. So, hey, mom and dad, it's been a while. Since we haven't talked lately, I wanted to tell you about what Cecilia and I are up to. No, no grandbabies yet, but we did get a puppy. His name is Loki. He's a golden retriever. He's just over a year old, and he's the most adorable, mischievous, chaotic ball of fluffy energy that has ever existed. It figures that Cecilia and I, possibly the two least energetic people on the planet, would end up with the most high-energy dog our vet has ever seen. We love him so, so much, and he's the perfect addition to the family. Speaking of energy, we're going to need a lot of it in January. Cecilia has enrolled in a master's program to make a career change that she's very excited about and I'm starting an undergrad program in January. I've discovered over the last several years that I have a deep interest in philosophy and I'm planning to see this all the way through to a PhD so I can teach philosophy at the college level. It's going to be a long road but it's something I'm incredibly excited to jump into. For a very long time I have felt like I'm not fulfilling my purpose in life and this feels like something that will fill that void. We're going to be extremely busy, unspeakably tired, but immensely satisfied in knowing we're taking positive steps toward a better future. Work is going really well too. I know I've struggled to find things I'm good at or care to sink time into and perfect, But I finally found a good niche in digital marketing that is interesting enough to hold my attention while still allowing me enough free time to pursue things I'm passionate about. I'm good at this and my bosses are some of the best I have ever had. i found my place, for now. Since I brought up things holding my attention, remember when basically nothing did in school? I found out a couple years back that I have pretty severe ADHD. And it was one of the best days of my life i know it sounds strange to say that getting diagnosed with adhd would be a good day but it was finding out that i'm not stupid or bad or hopeless but just wired differently was such a huge relief i started crying right there in the doctor's office the relief of finally knowing what was wrong and how to deal with it is something i'll never forget i'm on medication now that helps quite a bit when i remember to take it and it's had surprising but a welcome positive impact on my day-to-day life and relationships. Life is good. I'm glad we had a chance to talk. We have and still are working hard to make ourselves better and maybe the world too as a result. I really hope you're proud of us. I definitely am.
2: Well, I just loved your letter, Josh. I, I know my wife may want to say something, but I just I so. enjoyed it. Uh, the ADHD thing. Uh, I you probably have a thousand memories of being laughed at or asked why you couldn't concentrate on things and thought it was all you and here you found out it wasn't your fault and a very heartfelt letter, you are making the world a better place, Mm -hmm. you and your wife and uh, Josh thank you very much for that you're very valuable and anything you're having guilt over from your childhood, please remember, that's not your fault, don't carry it.
1: I can't tell you how it breaks my heart that you can't just pick up the phone and call your mom and dad and tell them exactly what's going on in your life and know that when you told them they would be happy for you and that they would just love you unconditionally because you're their son. So we've adopted you. (laughs) Stuart said he's okay with that. I know there have been times and on our journey out that our kids couldn't just pick up the phone and call and share anything or everything that was going on in their That's lives. True. And I'm, they may still have some things they're not <laughs> telling us, but um, I'm, it makes me even more grateful that our family has, has come out of this together. And although we're on all different levels of healing and none of us are really at the same place, we're all still connected and together. And I wish that all of you could have that. Um, I wish that every couple that comes out of this could get to the place where Max and I are now. We're not perfect, you know, but we've never had a better marriage. The more of fundamentalism we let go of, the better our marriage has become. And the better our relationship with our children has become. And I think that all stems from the reality of how much of our relationship with our own self has improved and changed, and how much we've come to the place where we could see that we are of value,
2: yeah,
1: and that, we that don't... you're
2: valuable yourself,
1: yeah, and realizing our own worth. Stuart and I were talking Absolutely. about that last night, you know. Um, so I'm happy. Thrilled to pieces you got a, that diagnosis i know what it means to have something wrong with you i need and that not,
2: diagnosis by the way and not know what yeah. it is and so you that.
1: can't fix it because you don't know what it is right. and then a diagnosis gives you the opportunity to get treatment and help for that issue and so gosh i i know i don't think i i, I have some issues but i don't think that it that it is in to the depth that Max and I think um one of our other children really deals deals with some ADHD, which produces huge amounts of anxiety. Mm. Which keeps you from ever being able to do anything right, you know. I know you should tell them about that birthday card you got when you were a kid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I was such a messed up kid, uh, that my my parents and I, I love my mom very much. Uh I love both my parents very much, my mom's very good to me, but I had a birthday card one time when I was growing up and it, it said, happy birthday to me, it had this goofy looking kid on the outside, happy birthday to me, and you opened up on the inside, it says, please try not to do anything stupid today. And that was my birthday card Oh my goodness And so And what's that tell you A little bit about my childhood Well it tells you generationally too <laughs> what, <laughs> when, when was that What year would that have been Around when Oh who knows 10 or 11 <laughs> yeah. No like oh,
0: what What time What, year? what 19 Oh so probably 65 yeah, yeah there's probably a lot of that kind of crap Early you 60s You know what I mean Like there's yeah. a lot more Enlightenment now You're not going to find That at Hallmark now but <laughs> 50s and 60s yeah, right, wow, yeah. well, Let's see They'll buy it Someone will buy it yeah. <laughs> so. uh,
1: Josh I would just Take that Your very last sentence And I would change One word in it And I would say <laughs> I really hope You're proud of you Because I definitely am I like We that. love you
2: That's <laughs> <Yes>, Josh
1: <laughs> And Loki it's Cecilia. <laughs> yes. Loki looks good with him. And Josh,
0: you left Carlisle out, but we love oh, Carlisle. That's their cat. The cat? Oh!
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell Carlisle. I love sorry.
0: Carlisle too. Well, he, it's Josh's fault. We left it out. Okay, that's, that was all of them. And this is something that I don't know if we could make this. I do this often where I say I'm going to make something a regular thing, and then that's it. We haven't done it again for <laughs> another three years. So I don't want to promise that. But if this resonated with you, and this is something where you think, man, I'd really like to share what my letter to my parents or what that conversation would look like for me feel free to share it and um if it's, if we're able to we'll, we'll try and do this again you guys have, i don't know, want to put pressure on you but if you guys have anything else um, you want to say i want to
1: say to one of you and you'll know who you are that i really love it when you call me mama bear <laughs> and um
0: not josh. <laughs> no, not josh just make it
1: that clear um i think there's a part because I experienced this myself, um, a part of us, when we go through trauma like that, that has to grow up and has to make mature choices and has to make decisions that children shouldn't have to make. And so there's a part of our childhood that gets that gets lost or buried or never experienced because of that trauma. And I think that, that until we acknowledge that, that part of... Um, that part of us is always wanting to be acknowledged somewhere. Well,
0: and it's stunted growth, too, yes, right? Like it yes, just never it got is, to because grow there's just, a, there's a part of
1: you yeah, that, that didn't get to grow and mature, and so it's kind of, it's a piece that's missing, and um, so while I really, my goal is not for any of you to feel like you need a mama bear, because I would go and get them, <laughs> but... Um, but that part of you that might need to know that—that's okay. It's okay that that's there, and I think that in in acknowledging it, you grow past that. Yeah. And I think um, I think most kids that were raised in fundamentalism weren't really parented. Yeah. Um, it sounds crazy because we controlled you so much at the time, <laughs> you know. But we weren't parenting you. We weren't teaching you how to live life. We were following we a dictator. Yes, we were, we were teaching were you how to servers. fit in a box. Yeah. Yes, and so you know there are a lot of pieces missing, and and uh, I think one of the goals with with this would be to help you to find those missing pieces and put them where they go in your mm-hmm. life. And again, I would just say therapy because therapy really truly will help you. Yeah. A trained a uh, therapist. That's good at what they do, and it can be tricky to find the right one, but if you take the time to find the one that fits with you and works with you, and by the way, there are a lot of therapists working online right now because of COVID. So if you've considered it in the past and you haven't because whatever, logistics, you know, finances, would I'll tell you a lot of those therapists are prorating their prices because of everything. So, and I would also add that the COVID... um pandemic has really triggered a lot of the mental issues that most of us deal with so if you're struggling right now with more of this stuff than you normally are and you're wondering why it's because life is just jacked up in general and give yourself a lot of space don't be hard on yourself yeah. and reach out always reach out mm-hmm.
2: yeah. and and i will say um, you know we're, try, we're, we're trying to be helpful um Young people who, because of choices they made, are no longer accepted in some way by their parents. And that's kind of what our broadcast is about. Um, we, we were pretty tough on our children when they made choices that we didn't think were right. Um, and But I, I guess there is something inside of me. I was not going to live without a relationship with my children. I, I couldn't accept that. And I understand not every parent is where we are, but we've been blessed by children that have been willing to put up with a lot of (laughs) stuff they shouldn't have had to to stay in contact with us. So, you know, it works both ways, but the one thing I want to take away from, I want you to take away, is wherever you are, please don't blame yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. You're too valuable and you're too important. As Josh said, my wife and I, Want to make a this world a better place? Well, they definitely are, and you definitely are. And uh, if your parents can't see that, it's their it's uh, problem, not
0: yours. That's right. That's well said. I want to add just on the end of that about therapy, um, because I'm, I I have kind of fallen off with of my therapist lately, but I do. I have been in therapy for a few years now, and I. I'm very happy that the first therapist I went to was the right one, but it doesn't always happen that way. So I just want to, yeah. even especially now I know it's more difficult to shop around because you can't be with them in person. Two things I want to say about getting a therapist right now, one is it's different when it's in person. I'm not saying it's less or more or better or worse. Just know that even if it seems yeah. a little off on the computer, you know, if you're doing Zoom or whatever you're doing. It's generally different or better in person, and I'm not trying to discourage you with that. I'm trying to say if you get started, the therapist seems right, they're saying the right things, you're trying them out and it's working, but something's off. It could just be that it's It's, virtual mm -hmm. instead of in person. That's the first thing. Second thing is don't be afraid to shop around. Like I said, I'm really happy that I got the right therapist right out of the gate, but when that doesn't happen, advice from my mom, advice from people who Um, uh, are former military just people that have been under a lot of stress i'm not saying all that's everyone that i've talked to but some of my friends are former military and a lot of them whether they're in therapy and former military or not former military but they are in therapy they tell us they've told me many times like look if you don't like your therapist who cares keep looking looking. it's okay to cut that tie, you know, especially if it's only one or two sessions in, and try to find someone else because it's, we're all humans, we're all different. So there's going to be, there's no way every therapist is going to be perfect for you. And at different times in your life, you may need a different therapist. So,
1: And I think everyone that, that wrote in answer probably is aware of this, but um, I have found some very therapeutic support groups for people recovering from religious abuse which includes emotional, mental, all physical, it. it's just it all of sexual, gamut. it's all connected. So, um, if you'd be interested in any of those, just... Um, Shoot us a
0: message at the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. We'll, 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 we'll get you over to I the right specific you, group. I'll get you those links and help you figure out which one you feel like it might be the best. <laughs> I
2: want to thank my son, Stuart. <laughs> He's a pretty fine fowler. Thank you. And uh, for letting for not being ashamed of his mom and dad. Us old fogies. Thanks, Stuart. Thank I
0: love you. you. You can call me Bubba. You're about to. That's fine. <laughs> thanks, Bubs. Um, all right. Well, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of Not Your Mother's Podcast. As always, I'm thoroughly grateful that you took the time to watch this far or even skipped past a few things to get to what you wanted to hear. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your eyeballs. Thank you for listening. If you have comments or questions, feel free to shoot us a message. Uh-huh. Uh, via private message or drop a comment. Thank you for your input. Yes, and everyone everyone that wrote in, of course, we're very grateful that you were kind and vulnerable, kind Mm -hmm. with your time and generous with it and vulnerable with your words. You, I know that you're helped by my parents here, but I also know that you helped a lot of other Mm -hmm. people that you may not even know by sharing and and sharing a life Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, we hope you enjoyed (laughs) this episode of Not Your Mother's Podcast.